After the Odell Beckham Jr. signing in Baltimore, many are asking if that's what's going to keep Lamar Jackson around, but it sounds like Lamar Jackson played a bigger role than expected. We got all that and much more on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, NFL fans, and welcome in to another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast, breaking down all the biggest stories from around the National Football League. Here is a part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. It is Tuesday, so that means you've got Luke Braun at whoop, Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, myself, <laughs> Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson, Nola on Twitter, your uh, NFL experts and general crazies of the NFL show, because it's always a trip here on Tuesdays. On today's I episode... Like to, I like to try to be the black sheep, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Uh, not that I can help it. Well, on today's episode, we're going to take a look at Yike and Like, of course, our usual for every Tuesday. Uh, we're going to go through Odo Beckham Jr.'s new deal in Baltimore and how it all shakes up. But first, Odo Beckham Jr. landing in Baltimore. Initially, when that news broke, a lot of folks started to ask the question about whether or not that was going to keep Lamar Jackson in the purple and black, but it seems like Lamar Jackson played a bigger role than expected. According to reports, particularly Ian Rapport over at NFL Network, Lamar Jackson was actually a part of the team or, or whatever courting Odo Beckham Jr. to Baltimore. So, Luke, when you hear this, this has to take us one step closer to Lamar Jackson accepting the fact that he's going to be a Baltimore Raven in 2023, right? Yeah, maybe he signs that tag. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they, they actually do end up getting a deal worked out. It seems like they are very far apart on money, and it seems like this is going to go a similar way. I mean, it's there's kind of like inside you, there are two wolves. One is Dak Prescott, one is Kirk Cousins. When you get into this kind of situation, <laughs> right. when you yes. get the deal worked out, when you just franchise tag him twice and let him walk, feels like it's headed a little bit more toward the ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is a two-year process. And at this point, there is not much that Lamar Jackson can do just because of the way things are constructed. You get slapped with a non-exclusive franchise tag. It's really, really difficult to negotiate from that position. So yeah, sure, there there is that. Um, but... Yeah, if that is a signal that Lamar Jackson is going to stay in Baltimore, at least for this one year, and the way Baltimore structured this contract, I think also signals something about that intention, but we'll get to that. Um, That's very cool. Mm -hmm. That is exceedingly dope and rocks. Uh, (laughs) It does rock. My official position is that it's dope. Lamar Jackson has not had a serious wide receiver in Baltimore. I'm sorry, Ravens fans. Do not come at me about like Rashad Bateman or whatever. If he can stay healthy, maybe, and he was supposed to be, I get it. But like, right. this is a serious wideout. This is a dude that can actually give their offense a dimension that does not entirely rely on Lamar Jackson being a hero. Um, I, I think this can take the Ravens to another level. We talked about it a whole bunch yesterday on this uh, on, on Locked On NFL as mm-hmm. well. Um, 
it can definitely take the Ravens to another level, even if that is one year of spring and then ah, you just don't get it done with Lamar Jackson or whatever. Or maybe they, they he wins MVP again and you go to the AFC championship game and you go, all right, Lamar, you can have your 40 mil or whatever we were yeah. going to pay you. Um, may, maybe that's the way it is. Maybe Odell Beckham is the key that unlocks everything that convinces the Ravens that they have one of the most talented players in football and they can go for it that way. Yeah, I think you look at the rest of the wide receiver core that Baltimore has been building up until this offseason where they also added uh, Nelson Aguilar. But Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, uh, Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, all of these guys were unproven players coming from college into the NFL. Therefore, they are unproven. And they haven't panned out to be top flight wide receivers in the NFL. They had you know, Hollywood Brown traded him away to the Arizona Cardinals during last year's draft. Now they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. And you get your first legitimate showed you that he can do it before at the NFL level wide receiver at a big time level and as a top tier top flight guy that you now add to Lamar Jackson. On top of that, you've mm -hmm. also got Todd Munkin now from Georgia coming in as the offensive coordinator in Baltimore, who is a fantastic mind when it comes to scheming up wide receivers. So I think that the thing that's really exciting about this addition, Odo Beckham Jr., along with the addition of Todd Munkin, is that we now get an opportunity in 2023, because I've I've maintained from the very beginning, and I think you have as well, Luke, that Lamar was going to be in Baltimore in 2023. That was the most likely scenario. Yeah, I was now, never sure. I, my my mm -hmm. take was he should be, that the he Ravens be, are being yeah. idiots by playing hardball here. Yeah. But who knows how it turns out, you know? Yeah. And so I look at the Lamar situation and then adding Odell Beckham Jr. and adding Todd Munkin as an opportunity getting into 2023, if Lamar is there, which again, I'm very confident he will be, especially after this, that you're, you're going to know now, is it Lamar or is it something else, right? Is Lamar the top flight quarterback that you want him to be? Can he stay healthy? Can he throw the ball? And I think that he can. I think that he can throw the ball. I think we've seen that on several different occasions. But I know that seems to be the biggest question mark around him, as it often is for his style of quarterback. But this should be answered now without a stretch of a doubt in 2023. Can he win with these guys? Can he not win with these guys? And that alone should have a pretty large impact on what his 2024 outlook looks like, long-term deal, another tag, or potentially on his way out in Baltimore. And all of this assumes, you know, Odell is as healthy as he's That's advertised to be thing, at all. For sure. All of that, you know, works out the way it's supposed to be, which yeah. it's always a little weird with an ACL after you're on the on the wrong side of 30. There's always that chance that you're just kind of never the same athlete that you were again. Uh, but personally, that's not something that concerns me quite a lot. And mm -hmm. again, the contract sort of reflects a, a bit of a hedge um, in terms of its total value. It reflects that hedge. So yeah. I think the Ravens have sort of set themselves up where if he is like they've they've kind of bet themselves into that situation um, yeah. and valued it properly. Yeah, I think there are guys that have ACL tears come back. Now, I know his took place in the Super Bowl, so that complicated a lot, that timeline. But there's a lot of guys yeah, that right. have ACL tears. And he missed a year, which just anytime a guy misses a year, you're like, is he ever going to come back and be the same guy? Did his body change mm -hmm. and all that stuff? There's all, all that stuff you have to deal yeah. with. Yeah. And so I wonder how much the concern around Odell Beckham Jr.'s ability to stay healthy is impacted not by the injury itself, but the timing of the injury, which led to him missing that entire 2000. 
and 23 season or 22 season, which in today's NFL, we don't see, right? Sometimes a guy has an ACL tear, you know, Jameis Winston had his ACL tear October 31st, Halloween of 2021, 2022, he was a starting quarterback the beginning of the year. And so I think that like the timing of the injury makes it a lot more concerning or, or, or even artificially increases the concern around it because he didn't hit the field at all in 2022. But I do think that if he stays healthy, if you get 10 healthy games out of Rashad Bateman, and I don't think the Baltimore Ravens should look at this as a means of saying, okay, we don't have to invest in wide receiver in the draft. Maybe you don't have yeah. to invest in it at round one, but you know, if the right guy is there and the value is there, then absolutely. But you can grab some of these other, you know, top flight type guys, the Jaden Reeds of Michigan State, the Tank Dells, who are going to probably fall into the second, third round. You can invest in another one of those wide receivers at another spot and continue to bolster all that so that you don't have to worry about answering the question in 2024 how much of our success in 2023 was with the quarterback playing quarterback or not. You'll have the answer to that question, which I think is an important one. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely some complimentary pieces. This is really interesting with the Ravens. They have uh, truly warped themselves. And I think non-Ravens fans don't quite know how much they have bent over backwards because they just have not had serious wideouts. And they've mm -hmm. had to find a way to like construct offense in spite of that. I'm really excited to see what they can do with Lamar Jackson and actual like perimeter threats that you have to give more respect to. But what's interesting is FanDuel has not changed the win total yet, so you can still hammer it, and people sure have. They are at eight and a half wins, um, mostly because I think the sportsbooks don't really know what to make of the Ravens, don't know what the Lamar Jackson situation mm -hmm. is, so you just stick it right in the middle and say good luck. But uh, the over right now, minus 144, and the under is plus 118. Okay, That is a hammered yeah, over. That time. means the world is crushing right now. <laughs> that over to the point where now if you short it and bet the under you're actually kind of getting good value i don't know whatever you want to do go to fanduel sportsbook if you are new you can sign up and get a no sweat first bet you can do that by going to fanduel.com slash locked on that means that if you whiff on your first bet whatever it is you can get up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets you can bet on more than nfl futures of course you can bet on baseball you can bet on basketball or hockey those going uh those leagues going into their playoffs right now um you can bet on Anything under the sun that you can find on FanDuel.com. And make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that no sweat first bet if you are a new uh, FanDuel user. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, make every moment more official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, everybody. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. We took a look at Odell Beckham Jr.'s uh, sort of what he brings to the Baltimore Ravens and to Lamar Jackson. But I wanted to dive into his contract. We wanted to dive into his contract today because it is a pretty interesting deal. And I think it's a great deal for Odo Beckham Jr., great deal for his agent. I mean, phenomenal job. And then a great deal for the Baltimore Ravens as well. So Luke, at the very front of this contract, it's a one-year, $15 million deal, but there's a lot more detail to it. And as you mentioned, there's a con there's a way that this is constructed that kind of lends itself to the idea that, hey, this might be a one-year thing for him and Lamar Jackson. Can you break that down for us a little bit? Sure. So $3 million of it is in incentives. I don't know how those incentives count yet, so stick those to the side. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an and additional then, $3 million, right? That takes it from 15 yeah, to 18. 15 to 18. Yeah. Um, 
so put that to the side. And then they used a whole bunch of void years. So void years confuse a lot of people. Let me go uh-huh. through what how this how this stuff works real quick. This is a one-year contract. He will be a Baltimore Raven for one year unless the Ravens decide to change something about that. Um, he will cost them ultimately $15 million. The way that void years work practically is they just kind of kick a whole bunch of money, however much of it you want, basically, into dead money next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that this works is void years are basically fake years on the contract where Odell Beckham will not be a Baltimore Raven, but he will quote unquote count as the cap. So the, the salary cap sees his deal as a five year contract, even though he'll only be a Raven for one. You can then take a bunch of that salary and instead give it to him in the form of a signing bonus, which spreads out over the life of the contract because the, the salary cap sees the contract as a five year contract. It is uh, dividing 13.8 million into five years mm. worth of chunks, 2.7 a year, which means that Odell Beckham's cap hit in 2023 is just under $4 million. And then the other $11 million is uh, paid out in that sort of signing bonus prorated structure. Now, sometime in February of 24, Odell Beckham's contract will void. It is an automatic trigger in his contract that cuts him. So if the Ravens don't do anything, Odell Beckham gets cut in February. And then when he he gets cut, it works like you cut any player with years left on their contract with prorated signing bonus. All of the the signing bonus left that you essentially owe, and practically the way this works is Odell Beckham gets that whole $13.8 million up front, but the salary cap does not need to be accounted for uh, right away. It can be Mm -hmm. kind of accounted for with that prorated structure. So the salary cap sees it as sort of debt. You've paid this money to Odell Beckham, but you have to square it away on the cap. So whatever hasn't been squared away on the cap when Odell Beckham gets cut becomes a dead cap charge immediately. There's no more spreading it. There's no more structuring it. There's no more doing anything. You just got to pay your debt right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that means you're going to have an $11 million dead cap charge next year. And functionally, that's how it works. It turns into four this year and 11 next year. I'm rounding a little. Yeah. So what that kind of tells me is that the Ravens see this as a one-year operation because they don't know how things are going to work out with Lamar Jackson next year, but they see Lamar Jackson here this year. And next year, Lamar Jackson might walk. They might have to go into some kind of rebuild thing, and then you don't care about what kind of dead cap is happening. You're sort of um, rebuilding your roster from the ground up anyways. They might be in that situation. Um, if they aren't in that situation, there are actually things that they can do to to try to manipulate that a little bit with like signing a fake deal and cutting it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but that's a thing for next time. And it also lays the groundwork because there is, as the cap sees it, a five-year contract in place. It yep. does lay the groundwork for some level of an Odell Beckham uh, extension. If you wanted to, to give Odell Beckham two more years, you keep all of that stuff spread out. So it almost comes at a discount. If you give Odell Beckham a four-year extension, all of that money stays spread out because he doesn't get cut. It doesn't accelerate. Um, and then suddenly you saved nine mil on that extension on the first year of the salary cap. It's funny. It has to be paid out eventually, but there's a lot of control that teams have over how exactly it affects their salary cap. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that we see teams do all the time to make sure that they are your team and my team, baby. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, this is a, a common practice around the NFL, and it's one that I think maybe is is growing more and more in terms of like public recognition. I think this year in particular, void years are becoming more and more popular to, you know, the more casual NFL viewers and things like that. And I think that this Odell Beckham Jr. contract is, is, is one of those. And I, I imagine that this $3 million in incentives is going to be tied to, usually incentives are tied to a couple of variations of things. They're tied to uh, effectively usually four different categories, performance categories, which would be about receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Uh, you would also look at availability, percentage of snaps played, percentage of games played, those types of things. You'll look at um, uh, end of year awards. I don't think that 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 he's going to have any end of year award uh, incentives, but he could something like Pro Bowl or All Pro. And then there's also uh, team success. And so sometimes the team success rewards or, or awards are kind of tied to production so that it'll say, you know, nine or more touchdowns and a super I mean, and a playoff appearance or something like that. So that becomes a team success um, uh, incentive. So you'll see some some version of those four or, 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 you know, a couple of those four different categories end up being what you see for uh, those incentives. But $3 million in incentives is not a lot. I love that this is a $15 million deal for Odo Beckham Jr. for sure. That's one of the reasons why I look at this and I say that I love it for Odo Beckham Jr. And I love it for his agent because this was excellent negotiating because you look at uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans got $15 million is the max of his incentive heavy deal. Uh, starting at six and a half million dollars, and then incentives all the way up to fifteen million. You look at the fact that Odo, uh, that Lamar Jackson is still waiting for a contract. The optics of this could have been really bad, but because of the way that they structured it and the way that it has all the void years, now you're looking at it, talking about it the way that we're talking about it, which is, oh, they're preparing for Lamar Jackson to be back in 2023 and potentially beyond, leaving the door open to re-sign Odo Beckham Jr. and keep the two together if things continue to work out. So I, I really love the yeah, way but they're not banking kinda, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not doing it in a way that marries them to a potentially, I don't want to call him injury prone, but like you said, ACL tear coming off of that, a full season missed last year on the wrong side of 30, not what you want to marry yourself to, right? And so finding right. a way to do that in a way that is an easy to deal with one year commitment, a very, I mean, in, in my experience, $11.6 million in dead cap is not a lot of dead cap for you to take on uh, for, uh, for a player. I've seen <laughs> way larger bruised. numbers than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way larger Knee numbers Kneecaps broken by, yeah. by men he is in debt to. Yes, the Ponzi, the Ponzi schemers, I believe they're called. <laughs> the and, Ponzi schemers. <laughs> and so... Uh, so with all of that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you gotta I, come at Drew Brees like that. <laughs> so the way that I, I, I look at all that is that like it's that's a good move by the Ravens. It's a good move by Odell. It's great for Lamar Jackson. I think that this is kind of one of those rare. It's not a trade, so usually the trades are the ones where there's always a winner, always a loser. But this is one of those ones where it's just like everybody kind of won, or everyone is set up to win in this scenario. And if there's anybody that doesn't win most of it is going to be pretty minor in terms of what the everlasting damage is. Yes. And, and one other thing on those incentives, um, because Odell Beckham did not play last year, oh, it's very right. likely that those incentives are categorized as not likely mm -hmm. to be earned, unlikely incentives. Um, and the way that those work is if you have a not likely to be earned incentive, but you earn it, it will count as a cap charge next year, Following. but not mm -hmm. this year. 
So he could hit all of those incentives. The only way it's a likely to be earned incentive, I believe, is if it's something like you get a million dollars if the Ravens make the playoffs because the Ravens made the playoffs last year, then it would yeah. count as likely. And then it would count against the cap this year. And then if you don't get it, you get like a credit next year, you get your money mm-hmm. back. That's how that works. Uh, so there is there, there could be a $14 million dead cap hit for Odell Beckham if he hits all his incentives and then the Ravens decide not to extend him, which feels like an odd permutation of events. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but all, all, we don't know what that stuff is right now. So all of that is um, remains to be seen. But hey, we have a little tradition here on yeah. Tuesdays. Locked on NFL podcast. Yike and like our yike and like of the week. So we're going to get into that. But before we do so, let me tell you about my favorite phone game. It is Ultimate Football GM. If you love having these kinds of conversations about how to uh, structure a contract, right? You got to stay under the salary cap. You have to, uh, you know, draft the right players, hire the right coaches. Ultimate Pro Football GM is that exactly in your phone. An NFL football team management uh, simulator of sorts. You make up your team, make up your team name too, if you want, uh, and try to go win a whole bunch of super Bowl, super bowls, try to win a dynasty. I got a, a message from somebody the other day that had been playing this, that had broken this so bad that he had all of the top 10 picks in the draft. Oh, so if you're the kind of person that loves, and I know people love doing that in like yep. other video games, uh, if you are the kind of person that loves to do that and you're like, I can make the superest dynasty of dynasties and win 30 Super Bowls in a row, go ahead and do it. At Ultimate Pro Football GM. I love it when people download a video game and then see how they can break it. Um, <laughs> if you are a Locked On NFL listener, you can use promo code Locked On for 100% free boost in the game shop. All you have to do is search out Ultimate Pro Football GM or go to ultimate-gm.com. You can get a 100% free boost by using promo code LOCKEDON. Once again, that is Ultimate Pro Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, everybody, wrapping up today's episode of Locked On NFL. Appreciate you, as always, for being here, making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to come back tomorrow, James and Tony, getting you all taken care of as the NFL calendar continues to roll along. Always something to discuss. On Tuesdays, as Luke mentioned, we have a tradition here called our Yike and Like of the Week. We've started adding the positivity. Um, you kicked off last week, Luke, so I'm going to kick off this week with, with my yike. And my yike is, is, is pretty simple. I'm not going to have to go into full detail about this. If you want the full detail about it, make sure you go and check out Alex Clancy over at Locked on Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals just keep doing it and doing it and doing it again. Uh, and this time it's Michael Bidwell, the team's owner, uh, who just, just can't seem to get it right. And... (laughs) And this time for like way more serious stuff. I mean, when you have, and this is what happened with Michael Bidwell, a former vice president coming out and saying through ESPN, basically, that you've been cheating um, and that you're dealing with all these, uh, that both he, so basically this is what it says, right? Uh, They maintain that both he and former uh, Cardinals head, uh, head coach uh, Steve Wilkes were left with no choice but to follow Bidwell's plan to use burner phones to communicate with former Arizona general manager Steve Kime while Kime was serving a five-game suspension while pleading guilty to an ex- to extreme DUI in uh, Arizona. Now, I don't live in Arizona, so I don't know what the what constitutes an extreme DUI, but I assume it's bad, just like all DUIs are bad. And so when you have, when you I learned about this, did you, uh, a few years ago 
when Michael Floyd, who played for the Vikings for a, uh-huh. for a hot minute, got an extreme DUI in the state of Arizona, it just refers to uh, a higher blood alcohol content and makes a severer punishment if your blood alcohol content is over a certain threshold. Got it. Uh, Michael Floyd claimed that he got that drunk on kombucha, uh, which if you consider kombucha the non-alcoholic drink, which it was supposed to be because he had a whole bunch of other provisions that he wasn't supposed to be drinking, he would have had to drink a fish tank's worth of non-alcoholic, like 18 and under friendly kombucha <laughs> in like an hour. He would have had to drink so much kombucha oh, he probably would have gone to the hospital. Hour. Yeah. Or like in a night. It would have been absolutely hilarious. It's one of my favorite things I've ever written uh, was the was calculating that. I'm sorry. No, that's to derail. Continue. That is outstanding. But yeah. The um, kombucha files were a great moment in the Viking world. Kombucha. I love it. That's so good. I think this is now the second time that the that kombucha has gotten a considerable amount of airtime on a locked on NFL related show. So here and then locked in NFL yes. scouting with Joe. The Michael Joe Floyd story, all right? It was it was relevant to so the Vikings good. like four years ago or was so that good. Happened. Um but so so this has been a whole thing where they went out and they got burner phones to to keep in touch with like who is arguably one of the like worst general managers of our time in Steve Kime. So like and and I mean that like as somebody drafting, I mean I just mean that as a whole. And so when I look at like this accusation, along with all the other accusations that I don't want to short, abuse, uh, you know, bad workplace environments, all these other things that have also been piling up around the Arizona Cardinals, but risking it all to talk to Steve Kime? <laughs> Yike. Yike. Good Lord. Just don't text. Just, yeah, just leave him alone. You're probably better off. You're probably better yeah, off if we're being yeah. honest. So I'm all good. I don't need Steve Kimes' advice unless I want to know exactly what not uh, to do. All right. What's your yike for the week? For the second week in a row, uh, we're going to turn to women's basketball for a yike of the week here. Yeah. The WNBA draft is going down as we speak. And the Dallas Wings have done something I don't think I agree with. They traded (laughs) uh, two future draft picks to move up. They picked three times in this draft. Um which is fine. They have a whole bunch of players that they're, they can be excited about. Uh, but they traded with the Washington mystics. That's what it is for Stephanie soars out of Iowa state. That's fine. I don't mind the idea of, of putting a whole bunch of, of assets into one draft or whatever, but have you seen who's coming out in the next couple years? Everybody. Yeah. Haley Van Lith. Yeah. Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, like that whole LSU team. Like, Maybe I would have kept those picks. Dallas, <laughs> what are you doing? Yikes. That's wild. That's like that's... you got to look ahead at drafts. This is draft one hundred and one. This would be right. like if to put this in NFL terms, it, it would be like if uh, you traded, you you made a trade like the Trey Lance trade, you know, with like several first round picks, but you did it in two thousand three, the year before Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to mention the quarterback trade, making a quarterback trade to draft a quarterback in last year's draft when you could have done yeah. it in this year or next or like year's the, draft. Like the Jared Goff move. That's a yeah, great one. You like go. you traded yeah. a whole bunch of future capital the years before, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> that Oof. Whole, like that 2017, 2018 crop of quarterbacks happened. Yeah. And you were the team that and like the Eagles and Rams traded up the year before that completely robbing themselves of capital and linking themselves for several years to Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Just nuts. Absolutely nuts. Shout out to uh, um, uh, 
Mm, who are they go? Connecticut Sun, who drafted Alexis Morris, by the way. So Alexis Morris did get nice. drafted second round. Connecticut nice. Sun. Um, the, links, the dynasty starts today. There you go. Um, Restarts. The <laughs> the like for me this week is uh, Von Miller, uh, former NFL edge rusher of of now several teams, but most most I think notably the Denver Broncos, right? Uh, is working on becoming an NFL general manager. That's his, that's his next goal is being a player turned general manager, which we've seen go well, uh, in, in the NFL. I saw him at the combine. Uh, he walked by, I assume familiarity with everyone. And I just kind of said, Hey, what's up, Vaughn? And he turned and he talked and we talked for a second. We said, hi. And I thought that he was there to start picking up on like scouting stuff, scouting and coaching. I did not realize that he was working his way over to being a general manager, but that news broke via uh, ESPN earlier this week. And I think that is super, super cool. I want that for Von Miller, who is a remarkably intelligent human being uh, and one of the best football players I've ever watched, live or otherwise. And now he wants to be a general manager and be in charge of an NFL franchise. And I think that's awesome. And Von, if you want a little bit more practice, ultimate pro football GM, ultimate pro football GM. <laughs> Apparently yeah. you can break it That's, and get get a whole top ten selections in, in a draft. If you pe- do people right. have sent me. I've been asking them like, <laughs> send me your funniest screenshots, uh, mm. and they can like they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I love getting it. picks and and all of that, but that's part of the fun of those games is figuring out how you can become the dominant dynasty. Like, that's this right. whole idea, right? That's right. My like of the week goes to the XFL. Uh, who oh, had yeah. a f- an absolutely phenomenal week of football. If you guys aren't watching the XFL, they're coming up on the playoffs now. We're starting to solidify a playoff picture. It is a perfect time to hop in uh, and choose your team. But we had two games this week go to overtime, which allowed the XFL to flex its sick overtime rules. I think mm-hmm. the NFL should genuinely consider this as an overtime proposition. I think college should genuinely consider this as an overtime proposition because it's very close to the way college does things right now. Okay, You do a... You do three two-point conversion attempts. That's all it is. Three, mm-hmm. one play from the five-yard line to see if you can get it in, and whoever gets does better out of their three wins the game. If tied, we just do it again. Nice. And we just keep doing it until it's over. So you're not doing entire drives. Offensive penalties just fail the, the attempt. You don't redo it from the 15-yard line or whatever. So you can't like screech this to a halt with a whole bunch of holding penalties or uh, something like uh-huh. that. It is exciting. Every single play has all these stakes on it, not unlike a soccer shootout, which everybody loves that, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very exciting format, and it definitely feels fair. Like, it feels like yeah. whoever wins really deserved to win, whoever loses really, like, deserved, you know, they, oh, they came up short, and you can look at a play for why, and it, rather than, you know, the overtime problems we have in the NFL with, yeah. oh, but the other team didn't get to the possess the ball and stuff. Like, no, everybody gets shot and do better than the other team under the same exact circumstances. It is, I've always been bothered by the overtime format saying, well, your offense is challenged with putting the game and your defense is challenged with putting the game. Yeah. Both teams should have to use both units, whether they want to or not, because a team with a bad defense getting away with it in overtime, I don't think is as earned. Fantastic week for XFL. A one-point win also for the defenders over the Sea Dragons, which showed off their two-point conversion uh, mm. rule set. Mm-hmm. where you can choose there's no extra points you can't kick you choose a one play like a two-point conversion but worth one two or three points depending on how far away you want to go for it mm-hmm. and that changes the math entirely you can be down nine points and still that's a one score game still be a one score game um, yeah that's awesome 
awesome, awesome week for the XFL, which is really hitting its stride. These teams are hitting their stride as we go into the playoffs, which should be absolutely electrifying. I love it. I'm going to start. I need to start watching it. I'll be honest. I have not been watching it very much, but I need to start watching it as we get into the playoffs. How does a defensive penalty impact the overtime rule? Depends on the penalty, but mm-hmm. half the distance or the one yard line. And then you try ah, again. So a defensive okay. penalty can keep it going, but an offensive penalty ends, ends that attempt. Nice. And then do you alternate five yard and then the other offense comes on at this five yards or do you five, 10, 15, and then the other offense comes on five, 10, 15? They alternate. Nice. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. That's our yikes. That's our likes. That's Odo Beckham Jr.'s contract. Why Lamar Jackson is very likely going to be around in Baltimore in 2023 and how Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, impacts that. Pretty fun show. Pretty built show pretty built out show. We had a lot going on in today's episode. It'll be a lot coming up in tomorrow's episode as well. Like we mentioned, Tony and James taking you uh, through Wednesday here on Locked on NFL. Luke, want to take us out? Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on NFL podcast available wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including YouTube. We will see you all tomorrow. Take care, football fans.